Thank you, Andy. Great stuff. Are everyone doing all right? Exciting day with baptisms, isn't it? Really exciting. I, I love um, baptismal services where we've got this outward sign going on of an inward response to God that's already been made, where people are saying yes again to God. Where they're saying, yes, I've given my life to him, and now I'm demonstrating what God has done in my life to the world. Uh, very, very exciting. I want to speak today linked with what we've seen and uh, linked to a message I gave a couple of weeks ago, but it doesn't matter if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, because uh, you'll get it anyway. So then I was speaking about God's call on our lives and how God uh, speaks to us, invites us to follow him, invites us to respond to him. And, and really just to, I want to encourage you that God is interested in making himself known. Becky's story that she shared a few minutes ago about praying, God, if you're there, or are you there? Uh, God is very interested in making himself known, in showing himself to us. And, and the Bible tells us that he does this in a very simple way. Um, he's made known in creation. You often hear people say, I feel closer to God in the garden. That's why I'm not going to church. Well, you're meant to feel close to God in the garden because God designed it that way. It says this, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. At its simplest point, you can, you can see God or see evidence for God all around. It doesn't rule out meeting together because that's for a different purpose. Um, but it's important to, to just recognize that God is wanting to make himself known. So another good reason to go to the picnic, maybe, in the park. I want to read a story today in Luke chapter 19. And it's quite a, a well-known story. You may have heard it. Um, it's this. It's about a guy called Zacchaeus. And it says, it goes like this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. I want to draw a few points out of this uh, this morning. Firstly, God is still calling today. When we talk about God welcoming people and encouraging people to come to him, he speaks about God speaking to people. He's still doing that today all over the world, and he's doing it to us. Jesus followed a really long line of prophets and preachers speaking about God, doing miracles, writing, encouraging people to come to God. And, and in Christ Jesus, God turned up himself to, to make himself known, to call people to himself, and to invite people to follow. And in this story we've just read, I don't know if you noticed it, I can probably flick back, but the first line says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He wasn't planning to stop. He was just going through. He was on his way somewhere else. Actually, he's going to Jerusalem. 
Because he's come with a mission to take your sin away and mine, and he's going to die. I don't think he's looking forward to that. He's looking forward to the fruit of it. But he's going to take our place before God. And he's passing through this town called Jericho. And I noticed as I was preparing for this thought, really, that there's, I guess, two calls going on. One is the call that Jesus will give from God to Zacchaeus to say, I'm coming to your house for tea. But the other call is the Holy Spirit speaking to Jesus and saying, stop. Don't pass through. There's a man up a tree you need to go to tea with. And Jesus was passing through, and you'll notice a little bit further on, um, down the bottom, down here, it says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He wasn't going to stay at Zacchaeus' house until something stopped him and he realized he needed to stay at Zacchaeus' house. God is still calling today. Whether you made this decision to follow God and got baptized years and years ago, or whether you haven't yet made that decision, God is still calling you and me today. I want to see as well that that call requires a response. Zacchaeus came down from the tree at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. Now, he had gone, he'd climbed up the tree on purpose. It wasn't an accident. He wasn't being chased by a wild animal and ran for safety. He he was there on purpose. He wanted to see Jesus. He was a little guy and so had heard Jesus was coming and had climbed up the tree to make sure he got a good view. So I guess he was ready to see Jesus. I guess he'd gone prepared, and sometimes we're not prepared for God to speak to us, but the point is this, he responded quickly when God called. When Jesus said to him, I want to come to your house, or I must come to your house, he ran down gladly. The Bible's full of stories of people who said yes to Jesus, and it's full of stories of people who said no. There's a whole other crowd of people who said yes and then didn't go, and a whole lot of other people who said no and then did go and do what God wanted. I just want to encourage you today, if you've never said yes to God, do it. It's the start of the greatest adventure of all. The best adventure you could have following Jesus. This man, Zacchaeus, has had success in work. He'd been promoted. He was a chief tax collector. Most of the time we read about these tax collectors, they're kind of working for the Romans. They're not particularly well liked. We just read about tax collectors, but Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. Not just your commoner garden tax collector. He's the boss. He's achieved something. He's made something for himself in life. But actually, even he recognizes that there's something more that he needs. Jericho was a very rich town. And Zacchaeus has been promoted at least once. So I guess he's, it's, the Bible says he's very rich. But that hasn't satisfied him. There's something he's still longing for, and it's the call of God. He's, there's something in him longing to respond to God saying, I choose you. And within each of us, there's something which is actually longing to respond to God saying, come on, come home. And for some of us, it takes a while. Some of us push God back. Some of us respond in all sorts of different ways. But deep down inside, there's something that's longing to say yes to God. <clears throat> The Bible describes it like this. It says that God put eternity in the hearts of men. Put eternity in the hearts of men. We're designed for a relationship with him. Saying yes to God is a really, really good thing to do.
Thirdly, it's important to keep saying yes. Zacchaeus didn't just open up his home and let Jesus in and have a meal with him and send him on his way. There was a response that Zacchaeus made in that moment that changed not only his life, but loads of other people's too. Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, probably had been fiddling the books. That's what normally happened. Um, And he's going way beyond what he needs to to pay them back. Paying back four times the amount. That's extravagant. It's generous. He's just given half his money to the poor in addition to that. And then there's this kind of restitution that's going on. Zacchaeus isn't just saying yes once. He's saying yes again to Jesus. And I want to encourage us today that we actually face and have daily opportunities to say yes to Jesus. This, this wonderful illustration of baptism, for some of us, it was a long time ago. And we can easily sit and look and go, oh, it's lovely. It's reminding me of the time I had given my life to Jesus. But I tell you, since that day, there's been thousands of opportunities to say yes to God again. Because daily, there's new opportunities to say yes to Jesus. The reality is he's turning up in your life and mine and saying, will you? Will you follow me? Will you follow me in this? Will you follow me in that? Will you respond to my call? Come on, we can do this together. And and it's great. It's fabulous. It's life-changing to say yes to Jesus the first time. But it's incredibly powerful to keep saying yes to Jesus. Starting a race well is really, really important. Getting off to a quick start when the gun fires. Being ready to go and launching yourself off in the race is really, really important. But finishing well is more important. Because lots of people can start a race, but it's how you finish that really matters. And to get to the finish line of a long race requires dedication. It requires people saying yes constantly. Because there are many opportunities to give up or stop or go for a cup of tea or do something different. But actually you have to keep on saying yes. And God's call to us today is to keep saying yes. Some in this room will never have said yes to God. And my encouragement is to say yes to him. There's nothing better you can do with your life. Some will have said yes and then forgotten about it. I encourage you to go back to God and say yes again. Some of us maybe haven't heard God say anything to us that required us to say yes this week. But God has been speaking and calling. And I want to encourage you today. It's time for us to respond. And, and to get personal, I, I've come up with a few alternatives to saying yes to God. And there's a few that I've found in my own life that maybe you can identify with. The first one, avoiding God's call. If you can't read the text, it says, bury head here in a hole in the sand. Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus was coming. He'd gone He could have gone to work, but he'd climbed the tree instead. He was ready. He'd taken active steps to encounter God. Other people take active steps to avoid encountering God, and maybe that's where you've been. You've been taking active steps to walk the other way and to hide and to avoid what God's saying. I hope it isn't us, but plenty of people do. They spend years trying to avoid God. And sometimes that's because we're belligerent and don't want to know. Sometimes it's out of fear. And we think, if I actually encounter God, what will God say to me? What's he going to ask me to do? It could be scary. It could take me beyond my comfort zone. 
And, and actually, you know, I think when I spoke about calling, the, I said that the most common way God speaks to us is through this. He's already said it. I call it his revealed word. Occasionally, he speaks through turning up to people physically, or there's an angel. That's quite rare, uh, but it does happen. Uh, then there's this, which most of us ha- have, can identify with. God has already spoken, and there's the times and senses we have where we think God's leading us. We think God's saying, we, and I call that the subjective call, because we have to subject that to what's in here and to other wise prophetic people to test some of those things out as we're trusting God. But this bit here, God has already spoken. And I've discovered in my own life there's one very easy way of not hearing from God, of avoiding God speaking, is to leave this book shut. I've got loads on my shelf. They look great on the shelf. I can dust them off occasionally, and that's the best way of not hearing from God is never to open this. Because this Bible is packed full of God's revelation. He wants to reveal uh, to us from his word fresh things day by day by day. I encourage us, each one of us, be like Zacchaeus. Be the one up the tree. Looking, waiting, seeking. In our case, reading, listening, saying, God, I want you to speak to me. I want to encounter you. I want you to call to me. The second one is selective listening. Selective listening. I'm told this is a particularly male trait, but I've got no other experience to balance that up with or investigate that with. Uh, I do know at times I hear uh, some of the things that, you know, we kind of just hear a bit of a conversation. Um, Yeah, the little cartoon is two dogs with those kind of dog things on that they have. And it just says he's hearing impaired because the other one's got them on his ears. Um, At times we we can filter out human conversation. I don't know if you've been in a, a large room, lots and lots of people around, maybe one like this. And you're having a conversation and... And what happens is somewhere across the room, you hear your name mentioned. It's an incredible ability because up until then, there's so much noise going on and you're straining to keep focused on the conversation. But the moment your name is mentioned, you zone out of the conversation you're in. You pull out. The face might still be there. You might still look like you're listening, but you're not. And your brain is scanning to hear what's going on. I heard my name. And you're physically present, but your brain's no longer switched on in the conversation. That's how it works for a man. Perhaps for ladies, you can carry on doing both. But we're really not listening at that point. (laughs) We've gone somewhere else. And uh, so there you go. Um, But sometimes we do that with God, and we kind of tune in and out. And we can read the Bible, or we can listen to a message like this, and we can hear the bits we want to hear. Sometimes the Bible can say, do these three things, and we come up with a fourth. And so I think I'll do that instead. We've selected out, and we've said, I don't think those bits are for me, and I'll, I'll just keep this bit because it's the nice thing. I want to encourage us today, do the brave thing. Listen to what God is actually saying, not just what we would like him to say. Listen to what he's actually saying, because what he's actually saying is really exciting and life-affirming and life-giving. Do the brave thing. There's a message that Magda's just shared about a call on the British people to take the message of Christ to the world. It's going to take brave people to respond to that. It's not going to happen if, if we sit and go, oh, that's nice. I hope someone else goes. Let's, let's pray for them. It's going to take bravery and courage for a nation to rise up and take hold of God's calling and respond. Dismissing. Sometimes we can say, I've heard you, God, but I don't think you've got the right person. 
I think you meant to choose somebody else. I think actually when you said that about me, you meant someone else because it couldn't possibly be me because times have been a bit hard or I'm not sure I can do the thing you've asked me to do. See, if you hear from God when you're praying or you read the word of God and you're, you're reading through some of Jesus' teachings, for example, there's loads of stuff in here on relationships and how to do those. There's loads of stuff on the workplace and how to make that work. There's loads of stuff on how to handle our money in God's way and to honor God in an exciting way with our finance. There's loads of principles here. And, and as you read, the Holy Spirit's speaking those into our lives. The Holy Spirit's, an old-fashioned word, quickening them to us. He's bringing them alive to us. And, and God can speak to you just as you're quiet before him and direct you. But there are times when God has spoken to me and I've, I've looked at that and gone, oh, well, that's quite hard. Maybe, maybe you got that wrong, Lord. You know, I realize this increasingly, that we're not called to be a spectator watching other people respond to God. We're called to step into the game ourselves. So my encouragement here is to be the one saying yes. Fourthly, this one, the T-shirt says, if a man says he'll fix it, there's no need to remind him every six months. I struggle with this, if I'm honest. Distraction. Peter's, Peter's with me on this one. Anne's not sat next to you. You can say what you like. you just get a clout over the head in a minute. I struggle with this with God because I know that there's times when God has said, yes, do this, and I've responded with a yes, but I've discovered that saying yes isn't enough. I have to do yes as well. It has to be lived out. But actually, it's easy to say yes in a moment and not follow through. And we find ourselves six months down the line or a year down the line, remembering at one point, often in a meeting I found that, remembering something God said. And God's gently calling us back again. And we've just got distracted with stuff. Don't be too hard on yourselves, but just be encouraged to go back and simply do what you said. You know, if, if everybody in the Bible was as distracted as I can be, we'd be in real trouble. Just imagine if the angel Gabriel had turned up to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to bear a child, and he's going to be the savior of the world. And she'd gone, oh, great. And then nothing had happened. And she'd kind of remembered in a few years' time, oh, I had an angel come, didn't I, to see me. We'd be really stuffed, wouldn't we? We'd be in real trouble. If she had acted like we act at times, when God speaks and we go, oh, thanks, Lord, sounds great, and we go back to work Monday morning and we've forgotten all about it. Jesus, in this story, declares today is the day of salvation. It's today's the day to say yes to God. And finally, quitting. You know, sometimes I've taken the first step after responding to God, and I've been so pleased with myself. I've been so excited that I've actually finally said yes to God and done what he wanted that and again, by the next day, I've, I've, I've done that now, haven't I? And like that runner running the race, you've got to keep going. And if you, if you see a vacancy and apply for a job, and you, you submit your application form, and you get through the interview process, and your references are taken up, and, and you get offered the job, it's amazing. But you don't tend to go to work on the first day, and then get to the end of the first day, go, oh, that was nice. Right, what's the next job then? 
and apply for another one the next day. You tend to stick at it for a bit. That's the whole point. You've applied for something that requires you to stay committed to it and keep saying yes again and again and again. The same principle applies in relationships. Some people here are married and you've discovered that the wedding vows are great. You get to say yes to somebody, but actually being married requires you to make those vows again and again and again and again, day by day by day, to live them out. And that's exciting. I just want to say this. If you've been tempted in your walk with God to quit, there's time for one more yes. If you've, if you've lost sight of what God called you to do, there's still time for one more yes. One more yes to God. To say, God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to do it. That thing you told me to do, I'm going to do it. I want to finish by just encouraging us to say yes to God. How do we do this? Back to the story of Zacchaeus. Decide. I want to reduce in my own life the time from hearing the call to obeying it. I just want to reduce that gap down. So I I reckon we can decide to get ready like Zacchaeus. There are some people in this room who've heard God say something and you haven't yet done it. It's time to decide to do it. Zacchaeus climbed a tree, got himself ready. Secondly, ask God to speak. You might be saying, God, I'm a bit nervous because you could say anything. But that's okay. You see, I believe that God wants to speak to us and reveal his will to us. I believe that you already have a call on your life to know God. That you've been designed to know him. That you've been designed to walk with him. That you've been designed to love him and And that's how God's made you to be, how God's made us to be. And then he's called us to walk with him day by day by day. That actually we're called, as Magda said, to be a light to the whole world. That that part of our calling is life-giving and affirming and, and it's amazing. We're called to be stewards of our planet. We're called to be grace bringers. We're called to be hope holders for other people. We're called to be citizens of heaven. Ask God to speak about the calling he's given and live it out. Make a plan and count the cost. Jesus tells a story of a man building a tower and he says, which of you would build a tower without counting the cost first? You wouldn't, would you? You get halfway through and would decide you haven't got any money left to finish it. As Zacchaeus counts the cost, he says, I'm going to give half my money away to the poor and I'm going to pay back four times over. He, he, he didn't allow fear to to take hold of him because he'd already counted the cost. He wasn't going to stop because he'd already worked it out in his own head. Work out what it's going to involve to say yes to Jesus and count the cost. Make a plan. Fourthly, be accountable. Zacchaeus at that moment said, Jesus, this is what I'm going to do. He'd heard from God and he immediately responded. I encourage you, don't just say yes to God, but tell somebody else. Be accountable to what God said. And finally, do it. The last thing, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. There will be all sorts of things pressing in on our time. Pressing in on our affections, on our desires, all sorts of motivations to act in all sorts of ways. But I want to encourage you with this, finally. Do what God says. Say yes. Let's pray. God, I thank you that your story of changing people's lives, we've seen enacted today. And the stories in the Bible that we can read 
are, are full and rich of people saying yes to you. Some of them said no and turned away and lived a life far from you. Some said yes and then walked away. Others said no and then turned back and found you. Lord, we want to be those kind of people that say yes to you. God, I pray in this room, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us now. And you'd remind us, if we have known you, what it means to walk with you and to say yes to you. And Lord, if there are people here today who said yes once, but it's been a long time since then, Lord, I pray you'd remind them of your call on our lives to keep saying yes to you. Lord, for those who maybe have never said yes, as we're here right now, I pray that they would be able to say yes to you for the first time. As they hear you say their name and say, would you come and follow me? That they would say, yes, God, I want to follow you. Finally, for each one of us, Lord, that we would keep on saying yes, day by day by day. In Jesus' name, amen.